0: Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Arlo. I'm Kelly, and you're listening to Crazy Hexy Ghoul
1: podcast about everything from the peculiar, the curious, to the bizarre. So join us as we obsess over ghosties and shit.
0: Did you say ghosties and shit? Hell yeah, I did. Okay, you guys, shit's about to get real.
1: Hi. Thanks for coming back.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You guys, thank you for coming back. I feel like we always start our intros the same, but like we really truly are glad to have you guys back. Every time. Every single time. All right. So today we're going to talk about fall because honestly, fall is my fucking favorite season of the year. And it's fall now. It's September. Whoop
1: whoop. By this point, it's almost October.
0: By this point. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So. Oh gosh, you guys, listen, it's the time of the year when you go to Target or your favorite store and you look at the fall candles and then you buy way more than you need because you hoard them like we do. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I bought like three candles the other day.
1: I bought three candles two weeks ago, but I bought like $60 worth of Halloween decorations at the Dollar Tree.
0: Holy shit. At the Dollar Tree? Yeah.
1: Yeah. At the Dollar Tree. 60
0: fucking dollars at the Dollar Tree. I Damn. came
1: out with like six different bags of
0: groceries. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't all on Halloween decor.
1: It was all on Halloween decor. Every <laughs> single item was on Halloween decor.
0: So it was six bags of Halloween decor for
1: $60. I have a lot of skeleton <laughs> garland now and a lot of skulls. And I don't regret
0: anything. <laughs> I wouldn't either. There's no shame. Like we said before, there is no shame in your Halloween game. Yeah. And, you know, I haven't really collected a lot of Halloween stuff because
1: I've never really had a place that felt like my own. So I'm very
0: excited to decorate. You're on a whole new Halloween decoration journey. I am. I'm loving it.
1: I am ready this year. Oh, and my entire neighborhood is already starting to decorate Actually,
0: you drove by one of my neighbors, didn't you? Yes, and I was like, I okay. First of all, there was not an inch of the front yard that wasn't covered in some kind of Halloween decor. And in the front yard, there looked to be like a skeleton horse of some sort, and then a skeleton was riding his back. And I was like, holy fucking shit!
1: Yeah, and there was like a little graveyard all throughout it.
0: They are not fucking messing around.
1: No, this is so
0: inspiring to me. It makes me want to just like deck out my front yard
1: apparently in my neighborhood it's like a hot spot for trick-or-treaters so everyone
0: decorates i am so excited
1: i'm so excited sorry
0: (laughs) (laughs) love the enthusiasm a little intense but we love it we love it um same situation in my parents neighborhood they go all out so we're gonna decorate my parents front yard and make it like super fun for the kids you know oh that's so exciting So it being fall and all, I decided to make Kelly and I some little fall tea. I had some orange spice tea, and honestly, it's pretty awesome. I haven't drank it yet. Hold on. I'm going to drink
1: it in front of all of you.
0: (laughs) Damn, ASMR, that's it. Did you guys hear it? If you didn't, I didn't. It sounded super yummy. Like, she enjoyed that shit.
1: I sure did. There's a lot of cinnamon in it, but I really (laughs) liked it.
0: Okay, so this is Orange and Spice by Bigelow. On the package, it says beautifully balanced blend of zesty citrus and luxurious spices. It goes on to say that there are a few other ingredients in the tea, and those include rose hips, spices, hibiscus orange peel, roasted chicory, and natural orange flavors. Holy shit, it's the bomb.com. If you decide you want a fall tea. <laughs> Do you guys like ASMR? Because this is like, our podcast is going a whole new direction. Because well, Kelly's new mic is fucking popping. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's popping and it has a pop filter. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Lord. sorry. I'm kind of loopy. Oh, snap. You got to love the night shift. So inside my house right now, it smells so much like harvesty fall, and I could not be happier. Just to set up the mood,
1: we have a bunch of Arlo's plants in the corner, and then together we have about five or six candles (laughs) sitting out, and it's kind of dark and dim, and there's a bunch of cute blankets, and (laughs) it's all, it's
0: really cozy. Damn, Kelly, you really know how to set a scene. I love it so much.
1: Me too. It really does smell like fall. It's wonderful.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'm inside a fall wreath right now. Or a spiced apple. It smells like we're inside of a spicy apple pie.
1: Kinda, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good description of it.
0: I feel like I'm just basking in the harvest moon with all the crops and everything around me. <laughs> I- I'm really not. We live in the city uh, and none of that's happening, but um, it feels like it. And man, I do feel like I'm at home this time of year.
1: So the whole setting of this makes me want to bring out my sweater, but it's still too hot.
0: So do you have like one single sweater? Because I noticed you said sweater and not sweaters. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes I have one sweater that I wear every
0: day of fall is it your favorite sweater?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I have several sweaters I promise and I wash them I'm not gross
0: you wash them regularly
1: I do wash them regularly <laughs> I wear them maybe one day and then i wash them I promise
0: no like honestly sweaters are just where it's at I have fallen asleep in sweaters and wool And woke, (laughs) and woke up in like utter hotness and being like, I'm
1: dying.
0: And then I'm completely naked by the time I wake up. Mm Good times. Good times. (laughs) Love the fall. I also really like warm fuzzy socks and stuff because my toes get really cold. I love them.
1: You ever get those aloe infused socks that you can get from really anywhere?
0: Um, that's too bougie for me. I have ogre toes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I have hobbit feet, so.
0: You guys were just a bunch of little hobbits and elves and trolls.
1: Uh-huh.
0: That's really what this season's about. It, it really is. So, Kelly. So, the harvest moon just passed, and it was fucking amazing. It was so beautiful and orange. It was... <laughs>
1: <laughs> there was a pumpkin in the sky. People... <laughs>
0: You guys, it's September 20th. Today's the full moon. It hasn't even happened yet. We're making it up. People do this. <laughs> Radio DJs have to lie to their audiences all the time just to make it seem cohesive. Imagine being like a talk show host on TV, having to lie about what date it is. You're like, hey, it's Halloween, but it's really not Halloween. And like, I don't fucking know how people do it, but it's okay. We're doing it, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little... That was a little tangent you just uh, went. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, I sure did. I'm sorry. Yeah. Where's the editor? Oh wait, that's me that's and you. Okay. Oh Lord.
1: It's me now. Oh, um, one thing I do want to talk about before we start talking about our episode. I am so excited to make some old wine this year.
0: Whoop <laughs> I thought I was starting. <laughs> I don't want to edit any of this out because this is who we truly are. <laughs> People need to know the truth that we're not insanely boring. Well, I'm not insanely boring all the time, but I am actually pretty boring. But uh, what I, am I wanted to—it's to okay. What I wanted to say is whoop whoop to your mold wine because
1: <laughs> a couple years ago I went to France with my now husband and he proposed during the trip. We went to Eiffel Tower. It was really romantic. He's so sweet. That is super sweet. It it really was. And it was around Christmas time, but in the winter, pretty much on every corner, especially at night, they'll have little stands that sell mulled wine, sometimes crepes, and you can just buy it. It's so good. Oh my gosh.
0: It sounds really good.
1: It was so good. So ever since I've been wanting to make some, and I now know exactly, I have all the ingredients, I know what kind of wine I want to make it with, I'm so ready for it.
0: I'm curious do you make it like in your crock pot?
1: You can yeah I'm gonna make it in a crock pot. Nice. I'm ready for it though it's that time of year.
0: I'm ready for it too. I would like to drink some wine (laughs) honestly I really would. (laughs) Can't but I would love to. You have a couple months left. That's true. As much as I love our little fall talks we must get into this episode so here we go. Today's episode is called Harvest Moon.
1: So if you haven't guessed, we're talking about the fall equinox. So if you don't know what the fall equinox is, it's the moment the sun crosses the celestial equator, which is an imaginary line in the sky right above the Earth's equator. So the fall equinox is the astronomical moment that signifies the beginning of fall. This year, it's happening on September 22nd. So by the time this comes out, it'll already be fall.
0: But just to let you guys know, it's it's actually September 22nd right now, so... Right, right. Wait, no, it's it's, it's a not September twentieth. It's not September twentieth. Uh <laughs> <laughs> nope, not at all. It's actually like September 29th Yeah, something like, something that. like that. So it's it's gonna
1: be that Sunday. How lord <laughs> A lot of cultures associate the fall equinox with harvest. And a lot of cultures will start harvesting around that time. That'll be the moment they're like, okay, it's time to get all our crops now.
0: Yeah, which makes sense about the harvest moon.
1: It does. So I'm going to tell you a few cultures what they would do.
0: Let's hear it.
1: I'm going to start by introducing the story of Persephone. I'm assuming you've heard the story of Persephone, right? Yes, I have. Well, (laughs) I'm going to retell it. You tell it, girl. I will. (laughs) So, the Greek goddess Persephone was a child of Demeter, the goddess of earth fertility and harvest, and Zeus, the king of all Olympians. Demeter was the most nurturing goddess and, in turn, was the most nurturing of mothers. She cared as deeply for her daughter Persephone as she did the earth. Persephone lived a happy, fruitful childhood, playing with other Olympian children and spending time in the gardens of Olympus. On one occasion, however... As Persephone was picking up the flower with a group of her favorite flora nymphs, the earth suddenly opened up. Out of the deep, dark blackness, Hades emerged. From his place in the underworld, he had seen Persephone's innocent beauty grow to radiance. He desperately wanted her to be his queen of the underworld, so one day, he approached Zeus, asking for permission to take Persephone as his queen, with little concern for how Demeter would respond to such a request. Zeus agreed, and Hades was given consent. Now Hades, at the sight of Persephone's natural but rich beauty, took hold of her and carried her gently down with him to the underworld. Persephone cried out for her dear mother, Demeter, but to no avail. Now in the underworld, Persephone was under Hades' control. Demeter approached the gardens where Persephone usually played with the nymphs, but could no longer fight her daughter anywhere. She found one particular nymph in a grove, usually boasting morning-glory flowers in her hair, sobbing. The flowers lay strewn along the lush grass. Demeter gently asked where Persephone was. The nymph, in anguish, would not answer. Stricken with grief, Demeter scoured the earth in search of her daughter. Her immense sorrow caused the earth to grow dark, cold, and barren. The once lush meadows yellowed. The trees curled unfurled and the rain stopped having searched the entire land Demeter finally contacted Zeus he informed her of Persephone's marriage to Hades in the underworld Demeter grew into a motherly rage she demanded Zeus to return Persephone to her care Demeter left Olympus and watches the earth began to decay without her nurture she sought to punish Zeus for betraying her and their daughter Now yellow meadows blackened and decomposed to dust, trees began to shrink into the hard dirt, the river shriveled up, the lakes froze over. Zeus had no other choice but to agree to Demeter's demands. He told Hermes, the messenger, to bring Persephone back up to Demeter's care. In the underworld, Persephone had grown to love Hades, who treated her with compassion and loved her as his queen. As she would have lived up in Olympus, she remained eternally beautiful in the underworld. Hades admired her kind and nurturing nature. However, Persephone missed her dear mother greatly and wished to spend time on Earth with her. When Hermes reached the underworld, he requested that Persephone come back to Earth with him to rejoin her mother and father. Hades knew he could not refuse the demands of Zeus, but he could also not depart from his beloved Persephone. Before she departed the underworld, Hades offered Persephone a pomegranate as farewell. This, however, was a cunning move by Hades. All the Olympians knew that if anyone ate or drank anything in the underworld, they would be destined to remain there for eternity, as the fates had cautioned. Even Demeter had warned Persephone of this fate and instructed her never to eat or drink anything. Thinking of her mother, Persephone decided to instead eat the small seeds of the pomegranate assuming these would not count as consumption. Little did Persephone know this was exactly why Hades had given her the pomegranate. After eating six of the seeds, Persephone was approached by the fates, who told her she would forever remain in the underworld as Hades' queen. Hermes sadly went back to Zeus and Demeter, who anxiously sat awaiting her daughter's return. Upon the side of Hermes alone, Demeter spiraled into a fit of immense grief and sobbing. She knew what Hades must have done to keep Persephone there. However, Zeus, being the mighty king of all gods, could not allow his beloved land to become decayed and barren. So he met with Hades himself. With the help of Hermes, the infamous deal was struck. Because Hades had deceivingly tricked the young Persephone into eating the pomegranate, he was commanded to allow Persephone to visit her poor mother, above his domain. In return, Zeus promised a binding deal that allowed Hades to have Persephone a month for each seed she had eaten. Thus, for half of each year, Persephone was to sit on the throne of the underworld beside Hades. During Persephone's six months on earth, reunited with her mother, the land was fertile, beautiful and warm. The meadows were lush and of the deepest green. The trees were tall, sturdy, and fruitful. The rains come often, and drought was unseen. However, when Persephone left the land and entered Hades' domain, Earth experienced a cold, dark period with no growth. Demeter grieved for her daughter and had little time to nurture the land. Thus, according to Greek mythology, the seasons were created. Autumn and winter months were when Persephone sat on the throne of the underworld beside Hades, and the spring and summer were the months where Persephone was reunited with her dear mother, Demeter.
0: I have never heard that story before. That's freaking awesome. Thanks for sharing that.
1: And in some of the iterations of it, she knew what she was doing when she ate it.
0: Like she was being defiant to her parents.
1: Right. Like she didn't want to go back forever. She wanted to be there with Hades. Like the story said, she was told before not to eat it. She knew not to eat it. Yeah.
0: So she knew. She yeah. knew exactly what she was doing.
1: Absolutely.
0: But I find it really cool that now we have seasons. Well, <laughs> mythical reasons as to why. But yep. um, yeah, that's a good story. I like that one.
1: It's one of my favorite Greek mythology. It's one of my fake Greek, myth- <laughs> favorite Greek mythologies.
0: Your fake Greek, fake Greek. <laughs> one of your favorite Greek mythologies. Yes. Nice.
1: Next, I have the Chinese Harvest Moon Festival. The full moon that falls closest. Fool, fool. The fool.
0: Uh, you said the fool. <laughs> the next full moon. Okay.
1: Okay. So. <laughs> the full moon that falls closest to the autumnal autumnal
0: autumnal no autumnal
1: autumnal At- uh-huh. At- yes okay the full moon that falls closest to the autumnal equinox equinox
0: or you and can we'll just call the- it uh you can call it the fall equinox same thing
1: <laughs> the full moon that falls closest to the autumn equinox is sometimes called the harvest moon People celebrate it by gathering for dinners, worshipping the moon, lighting paper lanterns, and eating moon cakes.
0: I feel like I was born for this. So many warm, bubbly feelings have just come up into my body.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen what a moon cake looks like?
0: I've seen a moon pie.
1: Um, It's like this little decorative pastry that has filling in it. It's, it's pretty common. This is a Chinese dish. But I'm going to tell you some stories that kind of coincide with the Chinese Harvest Moon Festival. And if I am butchering the story at all, you can email us and I can correct Feel free it. to
0: shoot Kelly later. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Please don't.
0: Just kidding. But uh, yes, exactly what she said. Please let us know if we're ever butchering anyone's shit. Because like, honestly, who the hell are we? Right?
1: Yeah, I don't want to offend anyone or be culturally insensitive to anyone. So just let us know. So, there is a moon festival legend about Hao Yi and Chang Yi, and it's told to children around this time. It goes, Once upon a time, there were ten suns in the sky, scorching many crops and people to death. The emperor of heaven summoned Hao Yi to shoot down nine of the suns. Hao Yi succeeded. The weather soon recovered, and life was saved. Hao Yi was rewarded with the elixir of immortality. While Hao Yi was still on the earth, he met Chang Yi, and they fell in love and were married. Hao Yi wanted to spend his life with Chang Yi forever, so he went to the Western Queen Mother to ask for the elixir of life. For the good deeds that Hao Yi had performed for the earth, the Western Queen Mother agreed to give him the elixir, sufficient for two people, half each. Hao Yi returned home and told his wife. They decided to drink it together on the fifteenth day of the eighth lunar month, when the moon was round and bright. But a wicked man named Feng Meng overheard them and wanted the elixir for himself. On the fifteenth day, before Hao Yi returned home from hunting, Feng Meng went to Hao Yi's home and forced Chang Yi to give him the elixir. She knew that she couldn't defeat Feng Meng. With no other choice, she drank the elixir all by herself. When Hao Yi came back, he found his wife had been lifted to heaven. Chang'e Yi decided to live on the moon because it's closest to the earth. Hao Yi looked up to the moon and put the foods Chang'e Yi used to love in the garden as a sacrifice. Thus, people started admiring the moon on this day. Later, Chang'e Yi and Hao Yi came to represent yin and yang, respectively, the sun and moon. I love that. That's
0: so beautiful.
1: It's a really sweet story. Literally, star-crossed lovers.
0: Fucking literally, yes. <laughs> There's no other way to put this, but yes. Yin Yang. Is it Yin Yang or Yin Yang?
1: Yin Yang. I think
0: I did an old trusty Google search, and it's Yin Yang. That story made me feel kind of warm inside.
1: Yeah, it's a. It's just kind of a little sweet story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so I have another one. Um, it's a mooncake legend. Once, according to a Chinese legend, Mooncakes held the start of a revolution. It happened during the Wan Dynasty, founded by the Mongolians from the north. It was said that a Han Chinese rebel leader, Lin Bowen, and I probably might be butchering that name, I'm sorry if I am, planned to arouse the Han Chinese to rise up against the ruling Mongolians and in the Wan Dynasty. He gained permission to give gifts to his friends in different bases. These gifts were round mooncakes. Li asked his subordinates to hide pieces of paper in the cakes with the date of the Han Chinese Rebellion, the 15th night of the 8th lunar moon. Thus, he got word to his people who found the revolutionary message when they cut open the mooncakes. They then set out together to overthrow the Mongolians, thus ending the Wan Dynasty. Now, Chinese communities all over the world will eat mooncakes during the moon festival.
0: I want to try one of these mooncakes.
1: I want a mooncake so bad. We
0: need (laughs) mooncakes. We need to Google. (laughs) This episode is not sponsored by Google, but I swear to fucking God it could be.
1: (laughs) It has saved me so much. Like, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing a lot of this stuff. It's helped not mispronounce everything.
0: Tell us where we can find mooncakes.
1: Yes, please. I've actually been watching a couple TikToks on how to make mooncakes.
0: Oh my God, please make make me mooncakes.
1: I might. There's like a little, it looks like a cookie cutter, but it like presses to make the shape of the mooncake. Oh my God. And if I get that, I will absolutely try out my hand at making (laughs) mooncakes.
0: I'm gonna look up where we can find mooncakes. We're getting ourselves some mooncakes. It's happening.
1: Okay, I have one more story. Okay. It's the Jade Rabbit story. The Jade Rabbit has significant meaning and is in various stories from country to country. Here's just one story. The Mid-Autumn Festival rabbit story goes about that there are three immortals who reincarnated themselves into three poor old people and begged for food from a fox, a monkey, and a rabbit. The fox and the monkey both gave food to the immortals. However, the rabbit didn't have any food. It then said to the immortals, you can eat me and jumped into the fire. The mortals were so moved by the rabbit and sent it to the moon to become the immortal jade rabbit. Ever since then, the Chinese jade rabbit stays in the moon palace to accompany Chang'e and compounds immortal medicine for those living in the heaven. So Chang'e
0: has a rabbit buddy. Living their lives on the moon. Shining bright. Forever. (laughs) Thank you for telling me that story. I really appreciated it. Very cute and sweet.
1: Good. I'm glad you liked it. So... That was all my stories I have on the Chinese Harvest Moon Festival. So, next, I'm going to go to Japan. In Japan, there's a holiday that's celebrated by some Japanese Buddhist for a week. It's called Higen. It takes place twice a year, in March, around the spring equinox, and in September, around the fall equinox. The equinoxes are special time for Buddhists, or probably just some Buddhists, probably not all, but they traditionally see them as days when the border between the world of the living and the dead is at its thinnest, making the equinoxes important days to honor ancestors and remember the dead.
0: That's really interesting, yeah, because the veil is quite thin right now. I've heard a few people talking about this and stuff.
1: The autumn equinox day was established as a national holiday In 1948, people during this week normally go back to their, like, childhood homes where their ancestors are buried. People will reconnect with their families by tending to graves of their ancestors and visiting shrines and temples. There's a soft rice cake covered with sweet bean paste that they also normally eat around this time. Did you know that the UK or Great Britain has a Harvest Moon Festival?
0: No, I did not.
1: <laughs> did not know that. <laughs> uh huh. It's called the Harvest Festival of Thanksgiving. It's obviously a celebration of the harvest and food grown on the land. It's about giving thanks for successful crop over the year as winter starts to approach. The festival is also about giving thanks to all the good and positive things in our lives, such as family and friendships. So kind of like American Thanksgiving. Harvest festivals are traditionally held in churches, but also in schools and sometimes in pubs. It normally takes place.
0: Skirt! Hold up. Did you say sometimes in pubs? Yep. Are they getting drunk and stuff? Of course they are. Oh my God. Have you had European beer? Possibly through the history of my life.
1: <laughs> when I was in France, the really the only Ooh. beer I
0: had. <laughs> when I went to France. She went to France. If you didn't know. How would an American say it? Como tali vous? You into France. (laughs) Merci beaucoup. (laughs) Beaucoup. Sorry. (laughs) Make it as like Southern as fuck. Oh, but
1: when I was in France, the beer that I did have was so good. I really enjoyed it more than American beer. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't as like, it wasn't as weedy. It wasn't like as hopsy. Yes. So, all that to say, it's very possible they're getting lit during Harvest Festival of Thanksgiving.
0: We were born in the wrong country.
1: I think that more and more every day. <laughs>
0: every single day. Mm-hmm. Moving along.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, it normally takes place on the closest full moon to the autumn equinox, as a lot of stuff does.
0: Yeah, which was last night, September 20th for us, 7, 15 p.m. or some shit like that.
1: Yeah, something like that. In the past, it used to take place after the last of the crops were harvested, and it was a celebration of completing all the harvesting. That's the end of that. Um, Okay, next is the Mayan snake Snake.
0: of sunlight. (laughs) Snake (laughs) jazz. Snakes and sparklers. Those are the only two things that I like. We can go on. Okay. All day. I'm a snake. (laughs) I'm a snakeist (laughs) snake. All right, I'm just going to step away from the microphone, okay? (laughs) I don't know where you're going, but I love it. Not going. I'm slithering away. (laughs) See you later.
1: El Castillo might be the most recognizable pyramid at Chichen Itza, not only due to its majesty, but the amazing effect that occurs on the spring equinox. Also known as the Temple of Kukulcan, El Castillo was built to worship Kukulcan, a feathered serpent deity. And I'm going to go ahead and show you El Castillo.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so this is Chichen Itza. It's very recognizable. Ooh, like oh, you've yeah. You've seen it. Yes. Um, think of a Mayan pyramid. Mm-hmm. You're thinking of Chichen Itza. Two days out of the year, on the spring and autumn equinox, the late afternoon sun shines on El Castillo, resulting in the illusion of a snake creeping down the pyramid's northern staircase.
0: Creepy. Mm-hmm.
1: Every year, Kukulkin announces the beginning of the new season at his temple in Chichen Itza, Mexico. On that day, the sun projects a shadow on the side of the pyramid, Making it look like the ancient feathered serpent is slithering down to earth. Seven isosceles triangles are formed to compose a thirty-seven yard long shadow that creeps down that creeps downwards, joining the serpent's head carved into stone at the
0: bottom of the stairway. Okay, yeah, that does add a little bit more perspective. Yes. The... That helps <laughs> a lot. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have this for, like, kids? Like, is there a website where it's, like, Folly Kunox for dummies or, like, something that'd like be, that for that'd me? That would be great. Because, um, yeah.
1: There's a lot of math that it sounds like was involved. This Mayan castle. Mm-hmm they're too smart for me
0: way too smart for me too (laughs) yeah
1: i wouldn't be able to do that um
0: math and i aren't friends
1: right now math and i are not friends
0: (laughs) (laughs) two plus two is six that's all you need to know
1: right okay so my last thing i want to talk about the northern lights
0: yay how can you talk about the fall equinox without the northern lights
1: yeah have you ever seen the northern lights
0: not in person, but definitely on, like, TV and Same. in pictures and stuff.
1: I want to see them so bad in person. I know.
0: Absolutely. Sounds beautiful.
1: So the autumnal equinox is the best time to see the aurora borealis. It's the point halfway between the summer solstice and the winter solstice. And when the day and night are almost identical in length.
0: Yes. Equinox. Boop. Yep.
1: Like we were saying at the beginning. <laughs> told you I talked yes. about
0: it. Yep. yep that's true
1: Mm -hmm. but the lights are stronger 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 (laughs) they're
0: stronger you said the lights are stronger
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay it's well known that the northern lights are stronger around the equinoxes and it makes sense because the geometry of earth and the fact that the earth is tilted that was a quote by Dr. Melanie Windridge author of Aurora In the Search of Northern Lights so I have a little scientific explanation which I am, again, too stupid to
0: understand. But. <laughs> You're not stupid, okay? There's just a lot of information you haven't learned yet. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so
1: the doctor I was just telling you about, Dr. Melanie Windridge. She explains that the northern lights are caused by the solar wind hitting the Earth and charged particles being accelerated down the field lines of of the Earth's magnetic field. But she stresses that there's a reason strong displays of aurora don't occur constantly. This process only happens when the solar wind's magnetic field is facing southward relative to the Earth. And because of the way the Earth is tilted, that's more likely at the equinoxes. There's basically a more chance of getting a good connection between the solar wind and the Earth during the equinoxes.
0: That's a lot of information. Yeah. A lot of stuff.
1: Again, I'm not...
0: um, You're not a scientist or a doctor?
1: Nope. Science isn't my strongest field.
0: Dr. Kelly's in the building. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dr. Arlo's always here, so it's cool. (laughs) I'm here to back you up. We're pseudo doctors. Yeah, we just we play are. doctors on TV and pretend doctors in real life.
1: No, no, we don't. We no, work we at don't. hospitals. Don't say that. It's
0: true. <laughs> we, we may work at hospitals, but we are not doctors. No,
1: we are not.
0: Let me do that surgery for you. I've literally had no experience and I've had 10 cups of coffee and my hands are shaking like crazy. Did you hear about that guy? Um, he was
1: this teenager who pretended to be a gynecologist. Oh, fuck. Yeah.
0: So he pretended to be a doctor. Yeah. And was giving exams on yep. on people?
1: People with vaginas. And breasticles.
0: Brechesticles. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Kelly, are you finished with all your stuffs and the things? That we have time for you to talk about, at yeah.
1: least. Yes, I am completely done.
0: <laughs> Does this mean I have to, like pick up the baton are you are you tagging me in now yeah I'm handing you the baton oh god here we go let me get my notes I guess I don't know <laughs> I did very little research on this but you know what you did enough research for the both of us so I appreciate that
1: you're welcome this was a really fun topic <laughs> I really enjoyed looking up all the stories and-
0: I liked hearing about it <laughs> 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 but also this is my shit yeah. so when you were like hey we need to do like something about fall," I was like oh fuck yes so we actually moved an episode back just to fit this episode in because we have one on retainer but we were like fuck that we're going to do a fall episode
1: mm-hmm. it was just in the cards for a, uh-huh so
0: why the fuck not that's true the fall equinox takes on several names it includes Maybon, harvest home like you said and alban elf elf <laughs> tell me how to say this fucking word festival alban elft <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> Uh, festival of Dionysus, because they fit to get lit with fucking wine. Uh-huh. God, I love wine so much. I cannot wait to drink it again. <laughs> it was also called Harvest of First Fruits. F-U-R-I-T. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. Wine Harvest, uh, Feast of Avalon. And it's September 21st through September 29th which is pretty cool. Mabon is also the sun god in Celtic folklore. So a really good friend of mine, Abby, hi Abby, I asked her what her rituals were for Mabon and the fall equinox, and she responded, it depends on how festive I'm feeling, but the most important aspect for me is to personally engage with nature and feel the shift of the seasons. Often, that's just spending a significant time outside to be present with the trees and to physically feel the lighting and the temperature change." Sometimes I'll make a feast and mole wine and really celebrate that the seasons are shifting, while also contemplating the effects of the equinox in nature and in myself, and that's what matters the most. So I will usually journal about how the season's changing reflects itself within me and my life, and do a tarot reading also, which I think is pretty cool. She's pretty dope. I'm really glad she shared that. Thank you, Abby. So some fun, wholesome fall things to partake in, if you're anything like me. Um, collecting leaves and sticks and other treasures while going on a lovely evening walk. Sorry, that's kind of my vibe.
1: Aww. <laughs> you know, I love sticks, though. I don't know why.
0: I don't need fall to collect sticks and leaves and shit. That's true. Those are little treasures, and I love them.
1: <laughs> what about little rocks?
0: All the rocks. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yep. I collected rocks as a kid for sure.
1: Especially if they're like pretty colors or sh- like smooth or shiny in the
0: wild. Have you ever seen those TikTok videos where people have rock polishers and they just put a whole bunch of rocks in them and like let their polishers go for like 24 hours and they pull them out and they're fucking beautiful. Oh, yeah. And it makes you want to buy a rock polisher, but like you're only going to use it like maybe for a week or two and then you're done with it.
1: Yeah, 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 <laughs> right? yeah. Yeah. Rock tumblers. Love watching those videos mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. instant satisfaction yes. of when they open it. That's the shit. They
0: make it look so easy and fun. Last year, we had so many leaves in the front yard that when my daughter was playing in them, she could just like lay down and you could hardly see her.
1: Oh. She was just
0: like covered in them. She was the leaf. She, she was the leaf. She was one with the leaves. <laughs> you know, and it kind of takes you back to your childhood when you play in a pile of leaves. You know, you just, you just throw them up in the air. And it takes you back to a place where you felt carefree carefree exactly yeah i would always scoot my feet through the leaves listening to them roar with every movement that i made you know i mean leaves are loud in elementary school the teachers warned us not to play in the leaves because there might be snakes in them um i was definitely scared as a kid because i mean like i said we live in oklahoma and they and people get bitten by snakes all the time yeah and it's fucking terrifying
1: yeah it is normally not in the city though we are i feel like we're relatively safe
0: no matter where you live if a teacher or your parents say don't play in the leaves because there might be snakes in them you freak out uh snakes are kind of scary
1: right you're gonna you're gonna believe
0: them yeah no kid wants to get bitten by a snake they're fucking scary as shit you know and i've never been bitten by a snake but i don't want to no thank you so i want to tell you a story you ready for a story i'm ready for a story my great great grandmother her name was johnny And she worked on a farm in Texas. One day she was working out like in the barn or something like that. And she was like bending over to pick something up, like some hay or something. And she felt a sting in her hip. She thought that it was just like a regular pain in her hip because she was getting older. And you know, when you get older, you get a lot of aches and pains. It wasn't until she had gone in that evening to realize that she'd actually been bitten by a snake on her Uh, hip. Oh no. This woman was tough. And sometimes when I think about having to go through some hard shit, I remember this story. And I think this is the bloodline of strength that I come from. And it kind of keeps me going like, this woman was bitten by a motherfucking snake and she didn't even stop working. She just kept going. If you're looking for some good fall movies to watch this year, I've got a few recommendations. I doubt you've seen any of them. (laughs) (laughs) Throw them at me. Okay. Let me prove you wrong. (laughs) Yes i love this okay so the first one is dead poet society with robin williams
1: okay i've heard of it i know what it's about it's on my to watch list i just have not
0: watched it yet. okay well it's the fall season so you get to watch that movie okay. and, and i know you'll love it it's great as we talked about in our mini episode fried green tomatoes sweet november with keanu reeves and charlie Seron. great movie practical magic
1: okay i've seen this one i've seen one
0: (laughs) i was about to kick you out of my apartment if you said that you'd never seen practical magic because holy shit this is like the perfect time to watch this movie such a good movie so good so good so good so also a friend of mine she's a photographer and she's fucking amazing she did a practical magic photo shoot the photos were so practical magic loved it yeah also another fall movie uh benny and june with mary stewart masterson who was also in fried green tomatoes she played Iggy Threadgood, and johnny depp is in it
1: oh i've heard about this one
0: i love this movie so much a little guilty pleasure of mine you've got mail starring meg ryan and tom hanks
1: i've seen this one <laughs> so two out of six right
0: two out of a thousand <laughs> so cute i just love meg ryan though
1: it is a really cute movie
0: I have a few fall crystal recommendations first one is tiger's eye have you heard of tiger's eye
1: i have heard of tiger's eye
0: sweet it's considered a practical stone which if you've seen the movie practical magic like we just talked about one of the characters makes a reference to the stone its uses are for practicality introspection and desertion which is great for this time of the year another stone is carnelian its colors are typically fall colors so you've got reds yellows and oranges which makes it great for fucking fall. Aww. It helps support and root the sacral chakras. Which if you don't know, sacral is like the spine, tailbone, oh, okay. those sort of areas.
1: I did not know that.
0: Okay, the last one I have here is petrified wood. Which is a stone that is created when the cells that make up wood are replaced over decades by minerals. It is said to be used mainly for grounding and connecting to the earth. Connecting to the past and uh, connecting to your ancestors. Which is just perfect for the Maybon Harvest celebration festivals and stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, moving along. Okay, so some spices that are commonly used around this time are cinnamon, nutmeg, clove, allspice, and ginger, which make up the ever-so-popular pumpkin spice. And chai spice isn't far off. It consists of cinnamon, ginger, cardamom, black pepper, nutmeg, and cloves. And I just recently found this out that it was that close to pumpkin spice. And a lot of those things are used in witchy spells and stuff like that. I've always been pretty against cinnamon and clove spices. Uh, they just taste so intense to me. But that's just me. I know that a lot of people like those things. Like in
1: moderation, though. They're yes. really good.
0: Y- yeah.
1: There's a balance to everything.
0: Oh, good. yeah. Balance is pretty important.
1: You were influenced by Libra. <laughs> Your mom's Libra, isn't Literally, she? Literally,
0: yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But I love homemade pumpkin cookies. I love to make them. I love to eat them uh, like we talked about in our last episode. The spices are so much more enjoyable when they're used in scratch baking in my opinion. You know, I don't know about you, but for whatever reason, whenever the seasons change, <laughs> I could feel the fall just like coming to me but you I know, know what you're
1: I know what you're saying 'cause i yeah. I think a lot of people do you you know when it's changing you can feel it coming yeah you kind absolutely. of prepare for the fall mm-hmm. get fall decorations make pumpkin bread whatever you did <laughs> get a pumpkin spice latte get a PSL get a PSL yes
0: you got to use those DSLs to suck on those PSLs <laughs> <laughs> if you know you know <laughs> you dirty fool <whore. laughs> all right i think we're gonna wrap this up wrap up the fall stuff
1: i think that's it
0: this has been a really fun episode and i'm so glad we did it
1: i really enjoyed it
0: me too it's always so hard to end these but we we, uh we're always just like okay bye peace out yeah i'm gonna miss you guys bye love you love you bye love you mom see you later okay bye what was that did you say something Nope. oh you hung up okay okay love you
1: Okay. Well, hopefully you'll come back for the next episode. Uh, yeah, please come back. Yeah. There's a story you want us to tell, or yeah, whether it's personal experience or something that just interests
0: you. Just fucking email us at, at gmail.com. if yeah. you want Kelly's mold wine recipe.
1: Well, I'm gonna have to try out a cup. She's if, gonna get wasted. If you have a mold wine recipe you want to share maybe i'll drink it on the podcast
0: (laughs) i thought you were gonna say maybe i'll drink it on the pot (laughs) like you're gonna drink it on the toilet on the pot
1: wine gives me the shits (laughs) well
0: anyway i think that's it for episode oh god yeah i guess it is fine bye we're leaving bye (laughs) you hang up first no you hang up first i don't know about that (laughs) okay well see ya
1: Snake jazz is whatever you make it. It is snake jazz.
0: <laughs> see you guys later. The music in this podcast is by the band the Daddios. This is Kelly, and I'm Marlo, and you're listening to Crazy Hexy Ghoul. We'll see you next time. Is this it? Is this the end? Bye. Mm-hmm.